All right, First John chapter 5. First John chapter 5, we'll be looking at verses 16 and 17 this evening. First John chapter 5, and the title of the message this evening is Praying for a Brother. Um, the last time that we met to look at our series in First John, not counting this morning, uh, but the last time that we met to look at our series, we noticed that we can have confidence in our prayer life, just like we can have confidence in our salvation. Not because our confidence is in us, but our confidence is in Christ. Uh, and so we looked last Sunday at how we can go about having confidence in our prayer life. We saw some requirements that John lists out uh, in this epistle. The first requirement that we saw is we need to have the right authority when we pray. Uh, and so it's important when we pray, we understand we're praying to God and we're, uh, we're looking to Him. Um, sometimes, though, we go through something, a trial, and um, we forget to look to God in faith, and it's as if we're praying to something else. And so when we pray, we need to have faith in Christ. Our prayers need to be directed to Him. He is our authority. He's the one who answers our prayers. We also saw that we need to have the right kind of attitude when we pray. John writes uh, that if we pray, that means we need to decide that we're going to pray. We have to be the ones to make that choice. God is not going to force us to pray. We have to go willingly in prayer. Um, and we also looked that at the fact that we are asking when we pray. We're, we don't go to God demanding. Um, we go to God asking and having faith in Him. And so our prayers need to be defined by humility. And then we saw we need to have the right aim when we pray. And so uh, we, we can be confident when we go to God in prayer. We, and we should be confident. And we can know that God will, or that we can bring anything to God in prayer. He cares about every area of our life. Uh, and so there's nothing in our life that God does not uh, care about and he, that He does not want to uh, hear about. And so, um, but we should pray. Uh, understanding and wanting the will of God to be done above all else. And Christ is our example of that. We should bring our desires to God, but when we pray, we pray that God's will be done. And our will needs to become God's will. Uh, and then finally, we saw the result of praying to the right authority, praying with the right attitude, praying with the right aim. And that is that we have an assurance that God hears us and that He answers our prayer. And when we know that, when we know God hears us, when we know He answers us, we can have joy um, in our Christian life. And so it's important that we have that confidence in our prayer life. So that was last Sunday. Tonight we're going to continue in our series. We're going to look at the importance of praying for a brother or sister in Christ. Uh, and we looked, of course, last week at being confident in prayer, and now John writes about an example of that, an example of a prayer that we should be confident in, and that's praying for a brother or sister in Christ that has sinned. Um, and so we've considered this idea of sin in the life of a believer in this series. Sin is something that we always battle with as long as we're in this flesh and on this earth. Uh, until we're given a glorified body in heaven, sin is something we always fight and battle against. Sin plagues 
uh, each and every one of us. And we saw back in the first chapter of this epistle uh, that we are liars and we deceive only ourselves if we say that we have no sin. And so it's a battle that we face. And the good news is, though, that we are not in this battle alone if we've been saved. We have a family that we can look to for help and for strength in, in, those, in those battles. And so tonight we're going to look at that idea of um, praying for each other in the face of sin because we all fight against it. We all face it. And so we need to be in prayer for one another when it comes to sin. Yes. Definitely be continue to pray for Kate. I guess she had a rash up here uh, on her chest area from that bite that she had uh, with a cat. And so they took her up to Children's Mercy. So just be praying for Kate um, and that it's not anything too serious. So uh, thank you for letting us know that. Oh, you're fine. Uh, all right. So um, we're going to look at this idea of praying for a brother or sister in Christ that has uh, sinned. Uh, and sadly, I think there are many churches across America today that are dying because there is no compassion for a brother or sister in Christ that has sinned. Instead, we see somebody that sins and we criticize and we condemn and there is no compassion. And we look on in a pharisaical pride thinking, how could they be so careless? Uh, but we forget that we ourselves uh, fight against the very same struggles. And so um, a healthy church prays for one another when there is sin. Uh, and that should be our response, is to pray. Uh, and so we're going to look at 1 John 5, 16 and 17. I'll read that and then pray against the message. 1 John 5, verse 16 says this, If any man see his brother sin a sin, which is not unto death, he shall ask, and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death, I do not say that he shall pray for it. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for this day that you've given us and for the opportunity that we have to look at your word. Lord, I pray that you would um, just be with us now, help us to put aside uh, any distractions. Lord, I do ask that you be with Kate, Lord, and uh, this rash. Lord, I pray that it would be um, nothing serious, Lord, that you'd uh, help her to recover from it, that you give the doctors wisdom. And Lord, I just ask that, you're, that, that you'd work in that situation uh, and, ta and take care of her, Lord. I pray that you'd help us to remember to be in prayer for her and for others. And Lord, as we consider this idea of praying for one another um, in this area of sin that we all face, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to have uh, this compassion to, to pray for one another. And so I ask that you'd help me now, Lord, to be emptied of self and filled with your spirit, and I ask, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts, as only you can do. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, and the first thing that I want us to notice is that there's two types of sin that John writes about here, and it's important to make this distinction if we're going to uh, understand how to apply this to our own life. And so he mentions that there's a sin that's not unto death, and there's a sin that's unto death. And it, at first glance, it might seem that's a contradiction, 
You know, the Bible says in Romans 6 that the wages of sin is death. All sin leads to death. And so how can there be a sin that's not unto death? And so we're going to look at uh, what these two sins are. And the first one that I want to consider is the sin that is unto death. Um, and, but what does John mean by death here? There are a few different ideas. Um, if you read commentaries about this passage, there's a few different ideas out there about what he means. I don't think all of them work very well. One of those ideas is that um, what this is referring to is a physical death, as a, a premature physical death as a result of some sin. And one example that's given in some commentaries is the example of Ananias and Sapphira, or the believers in the church in Corinth who partook of the Lord's Supper unworthily, and they were sick and dying. Um, and so the idea here is that hypocrisy uh, in the life of a believer can lead to this sin unto death. But I don't think that works very well. If this was referring to hypocrisy in the life of a believer, there would be a lot more dead Christians. Uh, because we all struggle with hypocrisies and inconsistencies in our life. And so I don't believe that's what uh, John is referring to, to here. Some will argue that there's a distinction between transgression and sin. Some will say that transgression is sin that's unto death, and sin is sin that's not unto death. In other words, they say transgression is uh, like a step above sin. But uh, John, he, he refutes that just a couple chapters earlier. We looked at this, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 4. He says, Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And so um, they are connected. They're one and the same. There's not really a difference there. Sin is a transgression of the law. And so, uh, if, and if John were referring to a willful disobedience, again, um, there would be a, many more dead uh, Christians. And so, um, what is this death? And John has already written about this, and I think it's pretty clear, this sin that is unto death, he's referring to the apostate Christian. He's referring to the one, well, not the apostate Christian, he's referring to the apostate. Uh, one who professed to be a believer, but was not a believer. Um, he's written about this before, and we'll look there in a minute, but hold your place in 1 John chapter 5, and turn to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 4 through 6. I believe this sin unto death is unbelief in Christ. It's rejecting Christ and His salvation. It's rejecting Him completely. Uh, Hebrews chapter 6, verses 4 through 6 says this, For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were, and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted of the good work of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away, to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. He's, uh, the writer of Hebrews says there it's impossible for those who were once enlightened. They once professed to be followers of Christ, but they've come to reject him. They've come to turn their back on him like Judas Iscariot. They don't want anything to do with him. And they've made their decision that they want nothing to do with Christ. And John writes about that in 1 John chapter 2, verses 18 through 22. He writes, Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. 
They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. I have not written unto you because ye know not uh, the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist, that, that denieth the Father and the Son. And so this sin unto death is a rejection of Jesus Christ. It's a rejection of the gospel. It's those who know the truth, but they want nothing to do with the truth. It's those who once um, professed to follow Christ, but they've come to reject Him. And they never were uh, believers in the first place. Uh, as I said, Judas is an example of that. Um, but the, so very simply, this sin that is unto death, it's, it's unbelief in Christ. It's not unbelief of the person who's never heard the gospel. Uh, those who have never heard the gospel, they have an opportunity to have faith in Christ and be saved. It's those who know the truth but have nothing to do with it and reject it. And they, uh, they, they turn away from Christ. And so that's the sin unto death. And John gives a sobering warning here. At the end of verse 16, he says, There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. Uh, there's a sobering warning. The sobering warning is that there's a point at which a person can become so hardened against Christ and the gospel that um, to pray for them, uh, we can pray for them, but they've made their decision and they want nothing to do with him and they're in a dangerous position. Uh, and so he doesn't tell us that we can't pray for them, we can pray for them. He says, I do not say that you should. He's, he's saying, you can pray for them, but they've made their choice. They've made their decision. Uh, and so there is a sin that is unto death. And so this is a warning for the apostate. Number two, there's a sin not unto death, though. And that's what I want to focus on this evening, the sin that is not unto death. Very simply, the sin that's not unto death is all unrighteousness. It's, it's, it's any sin that we commit. Um, against Christ. It's a transgression of His law. And I'm so thankful that Christ forgives sin. Uh, when we confess our sins, the Bible says He's faithful and just to forgive us. And John has given us that encouragement already. First John chapter 1, verse 9, he writes that. But the verse just before that, First John chapter 1 and verse 8 says this, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. And so we know that we have sin. We know that we face sin, we fight against sin, and oftentimes we do sin, but there is an encouragement there that we can have forgiveness because it's a sin not unto death. God is faithful and just to forgive those who come to Him and confess their sin. You might ask yourself, have I committed this sin unto death? Uh, perhaps you feel you've sinned so much that God will never forgive me for what I have done. Perhaps you feel like there's a sin that you constantly fight against, and it seems like you can't overcome it. And you might ask, have I sinned this sin unto death? But I can assure you the person who fears they've committed the sin unto death has not committed the sin unto death. Even fear of God is a sign of life. When we fear uh, that we have done wrong, um, we know that we have God's conviction on us. But the person who has this sin unto death, they have no fear of God, they have no care about their sin. They enjoy their sin. They like it. And it does not bother them that they participate in it. They're in a dangerous place. So 
when we have this conviction that uh, I've done wrong, and when we have this um, desire to overcome sin, to, that we hate sin, we despise sin, we can be encouraged knowing that we haven't committed this sin unto death, but we have sinned, and there is forgiveness. And we need to go to Christ and ask for that forgiveness. So what happens when we see a brother or sister in Christ sin? We know that they are still believers. We do not lose our salvation for sin. But when we see a brother or sister in Christ sin, what do we do about it? John makes it clear that we should ask for life on their behalf. He says, If any man see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask, and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. And so our first reaction when we see a brother or sister in Christ sin is that we should pray for them, that we should pray for life for them. Uh, I think if we're honest, though, sometimes we see a brother or sister in Christ sin, and like the Pharisee, we say, God, I thank Thee that I am not as other men are. Our first response, um, if we have uh, selfishness in our heart, is often to wonder, how can they be such a poor Christian? Um, and when we have that attitude, though, is it any, any wonder when we don't see restoration in someone's life. And so it's important that we have humility, uh, that we understand we could be just where they are at. And so rather, we should do what John has said here, and that is to pray and to ask God for life on their behalf, that they would, co that they would confess and be forgiven, and God will forgive them. Uh, and so we should pray for our brothers and sisters caught in sin, because we are daily in the same position they are. We daily sin, and we need, God, we need God's help to overcome it. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 18 says this, Pride goeth before destruction, and in haughty spirit before a fall. When our attitude is that um, we're better than others because we have not done what they've done, when we have this haughty spirit, a fall is sure to come. And so we need to have humility instead. We shouldn't uh, brag and condemn, but we should pray with compassion, with this compassionate look. And so that needs to be our first response. Uh, tonight, are we praying for our brothers and sisters in Christ who sin? Do we have this compassionate look for our family? Or are we filled with pride and a haughty spirit when we see sin? If we're truly like Christ, we will, we will pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ when we see them sin. John, it's so important here in verse 17, he re reiterates it. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not in de unto death. It's so important that we pray for one another. He reiterates the point, there is a sin not unto death. In other words, there's still hope. We see that person that is a fellow believer in sin, and we think there, there's no hope left, that they cannot be forgiven, but John reminds us there's a sin not unto death. We need to pray for one another, and Christ can forgive us when we confess our sin. So tonight, I want to challenge us. It's a short message, but when we see a believer sin, uh, our first response should not be to cast guilt and condemnation, but humbly, in love and compassion, pray for one another. Because if we were in that same position, that's what we would want. And love to hear that we have a family that is praying for us and cares about us. Galatians chapter two, 6, verses 1 and 2 says this, Brethren, if any man... Be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual. Restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ.
tonight we need to bear one another's burdens. And one of those burdens that we all struggle with is sin. And so we should be in prayer for one another. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for this night that you've given us and for this encouraging reminder to be in prayer for one another. Lord, uh, that when we see someone sin, uh, Lord, that you still love them. They're still, uh, they can be forgiven, Lord. And we would like for others to pray for us. And so I pray that you'd help us to do that. Lord, to have this compassion uh, and not have a spirit of pride about us. Lord, if you've spoken to our hearts, I pray that you'd help us to be obedient to you um, as we have this invitation now. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. If we could stand with the heads bowed.